Hey everybody, this is Brent Kellogg, the pastor of Hillspring Church in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. And this is our podcast. Thanks for taking time to join us today. Our prayer is that this would inspire you, build your faith, and help you take the next step in Christ. Enjoy the message. Hey, we are starting a brand new series called You Asked For It. And so for the past six years, we have done this series. And, and I, I'm just going to be honest for you today, I made a little bit of a mistake. I, I erred. So typically when we have Easter Sunday and we have Full House and all the people here, we do a survey and, and we ask several questions. And one of those is like, hey, if we could teach on some things out of Scripture to help your life, what would those be? And so you got a card in your deal. So this past Easter, I was like, you know what, we've... I feel like you asked for it's overdone. I, I just, we've done it. And then, and then we kind of got to August and September, and I felt like I was missing something, you know, like Oklahoma State actually missing an offense. I felt like I was missing something, you know, like Alabama missing class, roll tide, sorry. I, yeah. And so I thought, you know what, Pastor Matt, I don't know like, we always do you ask for it in the fall. And so I just said, all right, we got to do it. So a couple of weeks ago, we started asking you, hey, what are some things we could teach on? We've got it online, too. It's in our e-newsletter. If you haven't signed up for that, you can certainly get connected to that. So if you haven't filled one of these out on the backside, there's some boxes you can check of, you know, yeah, let's, let's talk about leadership. Let's talk about the life of Christ, different things that you would like for us to teach on. Typically, what I do is I add all of those check marks up, and then I take the top five or six, and I teach on those things. This year, I'm doing a little bit different. I'm going to shake it up, baby. Shake it up just a little bit. I'm actually doing that, some of the more popular ones, but I'm also looking for the front side. I'm also looking for some really good questions that we can delve into Scripture. And so if you want to fill these out, the end of service, you can drop these in the offering bucket. Pastor Matt will tell you more about that. So we are jumping in today to you ask for it. And, and this one today, even from last week, in the it, it typically always makes it in the top five. And so there's kind of something stirring in me that I wanted to start here today is we talk about this idea of, of parenting. And I know as I look across the room, that's at different stages for all of us. Some of you are like, parenting, I'm done with that 10 years ago. My kids are grown. And I still think there's something here for us today. Some of you don't have kids yet today. Some of you are a kid. And I think the way that I want to approach this today should be able to draw everybody in, lean into what God's word wants to say to us. And by no means am I an expert saying, hey, do it like I do, because I get it wrong a lot. Our kids have issues. Our family has tension. We're trying to figure out how to live life in 2021, just like you are. But something stirred in me, and as I approach this message, I approach this topic, I want to take a little bit different approach to it. Proverbs 22.6 is probably one of the more famous Bible verses about parenting. And honestly, sometimes I hesitate when, when it comes to using this verse. And it says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he or she is old, they will not depart from it. And for some of us, this is tough because you felt like you did that. There's some of us that are watching online or, or in the room or maybe listening to our podcast, you felt like you gave it your best to train up your children in the way that they should go. And you raised them in church and you raised them with Christian values. And, and then you add another promise in scriptures that the promises of God are yea and amen for those who are in Christ. And you felt like as parents, you did your best and you're still waiting on the second half of that promise that he or she will not depart from it. Matter of fact, you would like for them to come back to what you ingrained in them. You would like for that promise to come to pass. So for some of this, this hits different, not in a good way. It just kind of hits different. And so 
but it's still God's word and it still needs to be preached. And so I, I want to use, this, that's out of the new, they're out of the King James, probably maybe the more familiar version of that, but I want to use the New Living Translation. And it doesn't, it doesn't change the meaning, it just changes the wording a little bit, kind of gives it a little bit different context. It says it like this. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they'll not leave it. So I'm a domino guy. I know I use this a lot in sermons. If you hear me give leadership talks or whatever, I, I talk about how one domino tips the other domino tips the other domino. I think it comes from my being in physics in high school and Newton's third law of motion that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. For everything we do, there are consequences intended some unintended consequences. And so this morning, I wanna talk about just knocking some dominoes. I don't know if you ever did that when you are a kid, but put dominoes together and like, you know, man, you were fancy if you had more than one set of dominoes too, because you can make it go at least seven seconds. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm gonna tip some dominoes over this morning. And I, I, everything we do produces good or bad consequences. Even the things in our life, they, they tip other events and they bring about consequences or circumstances. And so I wanna look at parenting just a little bit differently today. And a lot of times we want just, hey, help me control my kids. <laughs> you know, teach me how to teach my kids how to actually behave and not go to Walmart and embarrass the fool out of me, right? And I want today more than just controlling behavior, I wanna put some dominoes on the table where hopefully we can shape behavior. Because every child is different. You can raise them in the same home, do the same things, but every child is different. Some of your children, you may need to use reverse psychology on. I had a cousin. This is how they had to raise, they had to use reverse psychology, especially when he was little. Joel, whatever you do, don't you dare sit down in that chair and eat your lunch. He'd be like, ha, 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 and he would sit down and eat his lunch, and you know, I got, you told me not to, and I did it anyway. Joel, Whatever you do, do not go in there and lay down and take a nap. He'd be like, ha ha, watch my snow smoke. And oh no, Joel, the tragedy of you doing this, right? That I don't necessarily suggest you utilize that type of parenting, right? But some of you have that strong-willed child. Some of you have the child you can kind of raise the eyebrow and look at and they just cry and repent right there on the spot. Then there are others that you have to apply the Board of Education to their higher seat of learning called spanking their low bottom, right? only for them to turn around and look at you and go, is that all you got? Like, ah, I'm gonna pinch your head off until God you died, right? Every child is different. So up here, teaching behavior modifications can be challenging, especially because kids and their personalities and temperaments are, are different. I, I wanna tip some dominoes, because this is what I've learned. Not necessarily from scripture, from being 47 years of life, leadership, parent, husband, that values or principles. Values are what dictate my choices, and then my choices are what dictate my behavior. And so many times we're after behavior, we're trying to modify behavior, but we need to back up a domino or two. Values or principles or what we set as priorities in our home, those will dictate our choices, and then our choices are what will dictate behavior. Kids gonna disobey? Absolutely. Are kids gonna make mistakes? Yes. I can try to manage their behavior. You better say, yes, sir, no, ma'am, thank you. You know what I'm saying? You, you can try to manipulate their behavior. You better clean your room. And by the way, if you can figure that one out, write the book. You know what I'm saying? You make millions. 
You can teach your kids you better brush your teeth or you do this or don't do that. You can try to manage their behavior. But instead, Scripture says, let's, let's set our kids on the right path. Because if I'm trying to manage their behavior, sometimes I'm dragging, and sometimes they do need to be dragged down the path. Let me just tell you, when your kid's seven, you need to buy the hand, you need to be dragging their little booty down the path. That's just, that's just real. They don't know. And look, everybody say, I love BK. Going off script here, all right? So if you're gonna get offended, don't leave right now and be awkward, you know what I'm saying? But so many times, we are letting four, five, and seven-year-olds dictate what is best for our family instead of our values, our morals, and our principles. And sometimes you need to grab their little hand and drag them down the path that they need to go. What I'm talking about today is scripture is saying, listen, let's direct our kids, let's kind of coach them and point them because our values dictate our choices, which in turn dictate our behavior. You just said you love me. Let's do that. If we're honest, sometimes managing our children's behavior is more about our image as a family than it is their behavior as a child. Let me give you an example that'll bring this home. Not that this ever happened in the Kellogg home, right? Where a certain child calls and says, Dad, I left my homework at home. Can you bring it to me? Okay. Immediately, as a parent, two different thoughts come to mind. And the first thought is, my child's going to get an F on this assignment. My child's going to flunk fifth grade. My child is going to end up going to juvie if I do not get the homework there. Like your mind just goes down this, you know, if they don't. If they, so the second thought process then is, oh, the teacher is going to think that I am a horrible parent, that I didn't help my child with their homework, I didn't help their backpack get all packed up and ready to go, that we didn't make the baby listen to classical music when it was mama's womb, you know what I'm saying? And so now we start to think, the teacher is going to think I'm a horrible parent. Sometimes managing our children's behavior is more about us maintaining our Pinterest image that we do everything right as parents. Can I just tell you, kids make mistakes, but so do parents. A good place to say amen. So in this situation, I wind up leaving work, going home, trying to get said folder, rush it to school, then go back to work, have to work an extra 30 minutes to compensate just so my child doesn't go to juvie. No? I'm the only one? Okay, cool. Be all judgy today if you want to. It's fine, right? So values, principles dictate our choices, and our choices is what dictates our behavior. So, so many times we just focus on behavior. I want to back up a comethometer. I want to back up to talking about our values that tip into our choices that then produces behavior. So, it's confusing, I know, but I have four dominoes today that I want to doop, doop, that I want to talk about. But I want to talk about the first domino, the most important domino. I'm going to save the best for last. So if you're one of those that takes notes on your outline, it's like, oh, Pastor Brentstone lost his mind. That is true, but it's done this way this morning on purpose. The first domino I want to talk about is actually the second domino. And so Hopefully that doesn't confuse you where you like spend the rest of the sermon trying to figure out. But the second domino, which is the first one I'm going to talk about, which is the last day of October, is this. Number two, values versus behavior. Sometimes 
in my life, not talking about yours, in my life there is a gap between who I want to be versus who I actually am. We, we want to be kind, speak life, family, but when stress shows up, we yell a lot as a family, right? We want to be a generous family, but then we let our wants get in the needs of our wishes, and so we just, or we want to be a family that loves and respects each other, but we don't handle conflict well. We can say we value something, but the evidence may tell a different story. There's a gap between who I want to be and who the evidence says I actually am. If that makes sense, say yeah. We want to be a go-to-church family, but dang it, we keep slinking in on Sunday morning. Or, or we use the, it's our only day at home. Or, or man, we're just too busy right now. Listen, going to church on Sunday morning starts with what you did on Thursday night. Going to church on, one, uh, on Sunday morning starts with how you live your Monday. So stay-at-home families just will not raise go-to-church kids. And this is going to tip into the dominoes that we talked about this morning. Let me show you in Galatians chapter 6, using an interesting translation, the ESV. I, like, I just like the way it worded. It said, so don't be deceived. Don't you kid yourself. Okay? God is not mocked for whatever I sow, whatever seeds I put in the ground, I'm going to harvest. I cannot put tomato seeds in the ground and go out there and get frustrated when I don't have corn. Whatever you put in the ground, whatever you plant, that's what you will harvest. For the one who sows in his own flesh will also reap flesh corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap from the Spirit eternal life. Proverbs 10, 9. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. But he who makes his ways crooked, you're going to be found out. What's the gap between the person I want to be, the person Scripture's calling me to be, versus the person I am when I'm at home and there's no public eye on me? What's the, what's the gap there? What are our family values? What are our principles? What do we want to guide our life? You have principles that guide your life. It just may not be the ones you intentionally want for your life. Okay? I hit these just a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not going to tarry long on these, but... I call them the three F's. What, what are the values I want for my life? Well, I want faith. I want faith. We want to be a worship first family. We want to be a going to church family. How does faith weave in and out of the fabric of your life? What part does faith play in the impact of what we do daily? And, and you got to be careful here because you can get a little too stringent with this. Like when I was a kid, and, and you know, we primarily have church on Sunday morning, but some of us, had church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every other day. I mean, you just like we were there a lot in the pace of life today, just, just too much of that. And so you, you got to be careful with this. You, you got to give into the rhythm of life. But man, make sure that you start your week worshiping first as a family. And you know what? It's okay to take a week off. It's okay to go on vacation. It's okay to go hunting. It's that time of year. It's fine. but I didn't want my kids to grow up resenting church. So we, we, we stayed in what I felt like as a healthy rhythm. I want my kids to want to be at church. So that's gotta be a healthy rhythm. But if I'm not intentionally letting faith be a priority in my family rhythm, it will not just accidentally happen. Oh, whoops, 
we hadn't gone to church in three years and our kids, it just, it's not going to accidentally happen. You have to be intentional with how you weave faith into your family values and principles. Amen, everybody? Then the second one is family. It's family. If you don't make family time, investing in your kids, investing in your marriage, if you don't make it a priority, it is not going to happen. Here's why. It is so easy. And I'm speaking from years of experience. It is so easy to put the people we love most on the back burners of our life. And here's why. Because they love me, they're understanding of me, you know, they want me to succeed, and, and there's a lot of grace there, and I'm, I'm grateful for their understanding and, and grateful for the grace that's there in their patient family. But here's the deal. When I live on my family's grace, that's only a one-way street. I heard a pastor explain it this way. I think it was Pastor Robert Morris who pastors Gateway down in Dallas. And, and then, before he was pastoring Gateway, he traveled a lot and did itinerant speaking, and he would go speak here and go speak there, and he was just gone a lot. And when he would come home, he missed his family, right? And he expected everyone to drop what you're doing. Daddy's home. But they were so used to him being gone, they didn't even notice when he was there. One day his wife just lovingly told him, listen, you are gone so much that when you're home, you're more of a disruption to our lives. There was a disconnect between who he wanted to be and what the actions of his life actually said he was. Number three is finances, which is probably the hardest of these. If I don't have values, guidelines, and principles for our finances, somebody else will. Somebody has a plan for your money. Starbucks, they got a plan for your money. It's called spending it there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> MasterCard, they got a plan for your, your dentist has a plan for your finances. They just do. And this is the hardest one to change. Because with family, and we can let ourselves get too busy, and I can ask somebody to cover for me here or just there or, or back off of some teams here and there, and, and I can cancel my calendar a little bit easier than I can jump in and fix my finances because it takes a little bit longer with some more financial discipline to fix the gap of who I want to be versus who I actually am. Ask yourself, ask your kids, ask your family, ask your spouse, who do we want to be as a family? What kind of family do we want to be? The second domino I want to talk about with parenting is the primary influencers. And this is more than just know who your friends are. That is really, really important. You need to know who your friends are. Motivational speaker Jim Rohn said this. He said, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with, okay? So if I start talking like I'm from Mississippi, I don't wear shoes and I think pro wrestling is real, that tells you about who my friends are, right? Okay? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Greek philosopher Aristotle had a great quote. He said, give me a child until he is seven and I will show you the man. Meaning for years, for years, we felt like the most impressionable years of a child was until they were seven. Now they've extended that into the early teen years. But man, when your kids are early and impressionable, you need to know what the primary influences in their lives are. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and you become wiser. Associate with fools, you're going to get yourself in trouble. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Don't be fooled by those who say such crazy things. For catch this, this is the important part. Bad company corrupts good character. In the economy of 2021, it is significantly different than the economy of the 70s that I grew up in. It, it, just, it just is. Many times. And 
I don't want today to feel heavy, because that, that's, you gotta remember, you asked for this. I don't want this to feel heavy in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I want this to give you hope. I want this to help you evaluate some things going on in your life. And so if there's part of this is, that, that puts this guilt on you, this burden on you, that, that is never the intent of my shepherd pastoring heart. I, 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 want, us, I want us to evaluate our lives and, and make sure we're giving our kids the best and the most in the appropriate time. Does that make sense? So today in the economy of 2021, in many situations, not every situation, but in many situations, both mom and dad are required to work. It's not bad, it's not wrong, it's just reality in the economy we live in today. When Jerry and I had small kids, we kind of figured it out. We were able to make a sacrifice that she could stay home until Kaylee was four years old. And I can tell you, we weren't going to Disney on vacation, we were going to Daisy, where my grandparents lived. That was our vacation. But the economy of today it just requires both parents to work. And this is just what I want you to think through. Maybe I'm talking about your situation. And man, when you, when you go to the office for 40 hours a week and Friday night, you're tired. I, I, I feel that. I know that. But I want you to do the math. And more importantly, I want you to be intentional with the moments that God gives you as parents. I want you to plan accordingly. So for some of you that aren't good with math, just hang on for a second, right? I wanna deal with just Monday through Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Those five days a week where the average family, mom, dad, leave the home and they go work and they go work for eight hours a day, right? And so let's just say that you have a three-year-old and a seven-year-old and they are in somebody else's care for 40 hours a day. Now that can be grandparents, thank goodness for that. That can be neighbors or nanny or however you figure that out. But for the most part, that's gonna be daycare, that's gonna be school. They are gonna be in someone's care, and I'm just using a round number, eight hours a day, Monday through Friday. Well, back in the day, they used to teach multiplication tables. Eight times five is 40, right? 40 hours, that's how many hours the average American works Monday through Friday, okay? I'm not saying this is bad. I just want you to be aware and plan accordingly. So let's say that your three-year-old and your seven-year-old go to bed at nine o'clock at night. Now, I know some of you are giving them Benadryl at 6.45. More power to you. You do what you gotta do to survive the 21s, all right? Here we go. Let's just say that that average three-year-old and seven-year-old, let's say they have a bedtime at nine o'clock at night, and I pick my kids up from said wherever they are, school, daycare, babysitter, whatever. Now, let's say I get them at five. So I have five to six, six to seven, seven to eight, eight to nine. Now, granted, I have them 80 hours from that Monday through Friday. I have them that time, but on a daily basis, there are only four hours that are really optimal for life formation, family coaching, having conversations about who we want to be. You might at 6.30 in the morning when that alarm goes off, you might be coaching, you know what I'm saying? But my guess is you're not talking a lot about the meeting of life at 6.30 in the morning, you're more talking about, I'm gonna end your life if you don't get out of bed, right? Okay? So I'm just, be aware. Be aware that 40 hours a week, somebody else is with your kids. And that's not bad. That's just where life is today. And be aware that they're with them 40 hours a week. I only have them of an evening for 20 hours a week. So make sure Facebook's not getting your attention. Your children are. So if I know that, I know I need to be different on Saturday and Sunday, because that's where I play catch up. I need to make sure my values are ingrained in those moments. I need to take 
full advantage of those four hours before they go to bed and Saturday and Sunday. I can tell you, for the most part, what teachers are instructing your kids at school. Like, that's all approved by school board, and teachers can give you all that. You can thumb through textbooks and stuff like that. Ah, it's pretty easy. I can tell you what your kids are learning at school from their teachers. What I cannot tell you is what they're learning from their friends. Well, how their friends are influencing them. What I can't tell you is what they're watching on social media or on TikTok and what it's reinforcing. And I'm not saying everything out there is bad. I'm just saying we need to do the math. We need to make the most of the moments that we have. This is why it is as many times as possible, this is why it is so important to set down at the family dinner table and eat dinner together as a family. You are creating space to learn how to communicate as a family, to ask questions to your kids, to let them ask questions, to let kids approach you with the things that weigh on their hearts and minds that they don't know how to process. They're not gonna do that at 7 a.m. They're hiding from you because you're rage angry, right, okay? Yes, at 7 a.m., they are in my care. But 7 a.m. at my house resembles a chaotic fire drill. I'm just saying, we've got to be intentional about creating space and a place so that my kids can have that opportunity for life formation and shaping. And my fear is we're just so busy that we're giving some of those hours away. I have to make sure in the time that I am parenting that I am actually parenting. I need to evaluate the primary influencers in my children's life and make sure that I am the primary influencer. Amen, everybody? So the fourth domino, it's actually the third one on your list, I'm probably not ever gonna do that again. It's really confusing. I should have just said save the best for last. My apologies. There we go. But it is what it is. So who's helping? I get it. Daycare's helping. School's helping. I, I, I understand that. I, Jerry and I needed help. You know, we needed grandparents at times. The schedule just gets so full. We need neighbors. We need, we need friends sometimes to just help us survive life in 2021. But this is the domino that the first three tip into, do, 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 okay? Who am I getting encouragement from? I mean, you've heard the old adage, it takes a village to raise a child. I don't know that that's true, but it takes a village to get mom and dad through parenting. That's what I do know, right? And I used to think about my parents that, oh my gosh, they are so dumb. At 47, I stand here before you and tell you my parents are two of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. Someone is helping you raise your children, whether you know it or not. Who is that? So you need to be intentional with who is helping you raise your children. That's why God created the church. The church really, really, really matters. I'll tell you, for Hillspring Church, we want to be your biggest ally when it comes to raising your children because we want to reinforce the principles of the gospel that you're teaching at the dining room table about love your neighbor, we want them to come to church and hear that same principle about love your neighbor. That you're teaching at the dining room table about, hey, we wanna be a give first, a generous family. Man, we're gonna help people when we have the opportunity to help people. And then they're gonna come here and they're gonna hear, hey, we live as open-handed Christians because to whom much is given, much is required. We're gonna be people of honor. 
We want to reinforce the principles, the biblical principles that you're teaching at home. It's so important for those kids to be involved in church to reinforce what you're teaching. The things the gospel asks us to include in our life. You said it a minute ago, you love me, right? So if the church is the only place they are hearing that, it's not going to produce the fruit you're hoping for. But when a faith-first family and a Christ-centered church come together, buddy, that is a force so great that even hell can't reckon with it. Amen? Well, let's go all the way back to the first domino that tipped the whole thing. Like, this is the one that starts all of this in motion. It's pretty simple. Jesus. Jesus has got to be the beginning of it all. Jesus has got to be the start of it. If, you, if you're going to raise kids, you've you got to start on the foundation of Jesus. You've got to have Jesus at the center of all you do. Is Jesus at the center of your life? Parenting conversations are hard. And sometimes the enemy wants to take this and go, well, you're a failure. And that is not true at all. The fact that you are here today is you are winning. But you asked for it. We asked for it because we need help with it. I need help with it. And these are hard conversations because these conversations put pressure on us. I want my kids to be spiritual. I want my kids to do the right thing. But when I want that, it means I have to be spiritual. It means I have to do the right thing. It means Jesus has to be the center of my own personal life. Listen, Jesus can be your Savior, but is he your Lord? Is he your master? Because if Jesus is your master, that means that dictates everything that I do. That dictates the steps I take with my life. Am I parenting with Jesus as my master? Am I parenting for eternity instead of what goes on in this life? If I'm parenting with Jesus in mind, then here's the reality. Those kids, they're not mine, they're his. He just entrusted Brent and Jerry Kellogg to raise two kids. They're not mine, they're his. And I need to steward, I need to take care of the gifts that God gave me by putting the focus back on him. If I'm parenting with Jesus in mind, it's going to dictate how my dominoes fall in life. It's going to outline the priorities for me. Not because it works best for my schedule, not because it produces great kids, because in the end, it's what brings glory to God. If Jesus is your master, we should be concerned about bringing glory to God instead of making our lives better. Selah. It's kind of funny, but fine, whatever. I'm going fire it up. If I'm parenting with Jesus, you know this, you are swimming upstream in this culture. In the 70s and 80s, when I grew up, you just went to church. Churches were full. There was cultural pressure helping parents parent. There was cultural expectation that's gone. So many times today in social media and life and what goes on on TV, we are actually celebrating sin. And so if I'm going to parent with Jesus in mind, 
I'm swimming upstream. I've got a culture. I've got a, I've got a parent differently than the culture. Can I tell you, you're going to have to encourage your kids differently. You're going to have to celebrate things with your kids differently. Hey, I know you didn't get picked for the thing. Hey, I know you didn't get selected for the thing. Listen, can I just tell you how proud of you your mommy and your daddy are. Man, I love, there's nothing more than I love looking over, watching you worship in church and your hands are wide up. There's nothing more. I saw you do this the other day. There was a little girl that was hurt and you went over and you went to help them. There was a new kid at school and the teacher told me you went and sat with them at the lunch table. You're loving your neighbor that you may not even know. Can I just celebrate you differently than what the world celebrates? We need to point our children to the love of God so much so it becomes the story of their life. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's a couple of things I want to invite you to do. First, hit the subscribe button. That way, you won't miss a single episode. Secondly, If this message has impacted you and you would like to help us reach others, visit our website at hillspring.tv and hit the Give Now button so that we can take this message around the globe. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.